Hello, everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm wonderful. How are you today, David? I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be talking uh, in a little bit with the one and only Richard Hatch. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really, really super excited. This is the the pinnacle of, of Survivor fandom. Yes, the first winner, arguably the best winner, some people claim, including himself, and uh, <laughs> we. I don't know, maybe we'll hear. It. We haven't heard from him in a while. Maybe he's changed his mind. Maybe he was a big Sophie fan. <laughs> I think he. I think he was probably a bigger Kim fan than Sophie. Probably. <laughs> but uh, you know, Rich. I he does t- tend to have very much respect for all the winners. Like obviously, they deserve to win, sort of a thing. So. Right. But I. I don't think he would consider them better than himself. <laughs> no, I would agree. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to hear, to hear his thoughts on this whole Survivor Caramoan and what he thinks of all these crazy fans. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't see that much of the favorites at all this episode. They just gave us, so uh, Philip apparently plays basketball and it should be in the NBA, and Cochran likes to watch Survivor Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. <laughs> yes, that was, yeah, that was an odd confessional, but really the favorites got... One confessional piece. Andrea got three, according to the system that I use. But the rest of them all got one or zero. And in comparison to the fans, we're hitting big numbers, written fours, fives in the fans. And in fact, there was not a single fan who got zero confessionals in the last episode. Huh, interesting. Which is really surprising. I mean, they, yeah. they're... And I did personally, while I was watching the episode, I didn't really mind. I, I started enjoying what the fans were doing more. After the episode, I was like, oh, I didn't get to see much of Cochran or Philip in that last episode. But while I was watching it, I actually enjoyed watching the fans. Yeah, they even threw in a Julio one, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, everyone got one, and then Sherry got three, Reynolds and Shamar got four, and Laura got five. So really just uh, a big, some big hitters on the, uh, the fans' tribe. Well, um, which brings us, I guess, to the confessional count. Yeah. Which, uh, last week, you picked Sherry, whereas I picked Reynolds for the fan with the most confessionals. And as I just said, Reynolds got four and Sherry got three. So that means that I win that point. All right, I'll give it to you. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, for the favorites tribe, uh, we, we picked Brandon and Philip. You, you picked Brandon, I picked Philip. And like I said, uh, they each got one. So that means we have a tie, so we both get a point. Yeah. Uh, and for the least confessionals, I picked Corinne and you picked Julia. And as you just stated, they both got one, which means we both get a point. So we have two ties, which means the score is now five to three. And uh, I think this this fourth episode is going to be particularly hard, just I because agree. we saw so little of the fa- favorites last try last time. We don't really know what's going on there, other than Andrea's kind of angry at Corinne. And the fans' tribe, it's been fluctuating so much, right? Like, Shamar went from four to two, back up to four. Yeah. Sherry went from one to three. So it's going to be a tough one to win the next week. Yeah. And uh, which ones do I pick first on? You picked first for the most for the fans and the least. And, the and least. I pick first for the most for the favorites. Okay. Well, I'm going to start off with the least because that's the one I'm most confident in. I'm going to say Brenda. Yeah, I'd say that's a good pick. I mean, she, in the past two episodes, she hasn't got a single confessional. Did she get? She may have got one in the premiere. One but, in the premiere. But uh, she's been pretty much invisible, unless you count 
them awkwardly showing her bathing while talking to Philip. So. <laughs> well, she also had the dance. Yeah, that's true. But. Um. Yeah, my only fear with picking Brenda because I considered it was. Uh... If the favorites lose, she seems like she's the type of person who would be really scared, especially since her problem last season was her not scrambling enough. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she would uh, rectify that and well, scramble. That's oh. another interesting thing because I I almost think the fans are going to win again because on the next Helen Survivor, they didn't even show anything from the favorites. They, I know. They resorted to, we don't even have a, a, a go-to radical statement from Brandon. So let's focus on the, the fans. Right. No, I think, I, think that's, I think that's a good point. I mean, the episode was probably a three-to-one ratio in, in favor of the fans in terms of time shown. It was pretty staggering, I thought. Yeah. Um, for the least, or sorry, for the least confessionals, I think that I'm going to end up picking. I don't know. I'm I'm considering going Corinne again. Mainly, well, no, with the with Andrea calling her out, that could potentially be a problem. Um, I think I'm just gonna, you know what? I'm just gonna annex your pick and pick Julia. That's a good choice. That was who I was also debating between, but she failed me, so I decided to switch. That's fair. That's fair. So do you want to pick first for the most for the fans? Oh, let's do favorites first. Favorites, okay. Most for the favorites, I am going to, uh, I'm going to pick Andrea. That was going to be my pick. I mean, she she seems to be at the center of things. Yeah, I think if the fans did, or if the favorites did somehow lose, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Brandon, so I still have to pick Brandon. That's probably a good pick. So, and then for the most for the fans. Most of the fans. I mean, surprisingly, Laura got a lot. Uh, it looks like Sherry's getting a, in a big argument, so she could get a lot. But I'm going to have to go with Reynolds. Reynolds? Yeah. That, that's, yeah, obviously a good pick. I'm actually going to pick uh, Sherry this time. We're going to flip-flop on that one. To me, I, I see a lot of Denise and Sherry, if you want me to be completely honest. At Tribal Council, when she was like, you know, I I just understand Shamar. I, I get who he is. You know, his his way of thinking makes sense to me. That was very Denise, in my opinion. So, I think we may see more of that. Yeah, I like I said, I th- I think she could get a lot. I think Shamar always has the potential to get a lot, and apparently they're really boosting up Laura. I mean, I was surprised that she got so many. Right. Well, she had a little. Uh, you know, she considered voting off Shamar for a little bit. Or, yeah, she considered voting off Shamar, her and Julia. So. I don't think, uh, see, see, I don't think she actually did. I thought that was brilliant strategy at this uh, her part. Laura was like, I know I'm the weakest one here, so they have the potential of voting me out instead of Shamar if they're going strictly by strength. So I need to make sure that those other three are going to vote for Shamar and not me. So I'll tell them, yeah, I'm considering it. I can get Julia sort of a thing. Did she say that in the episode, or are you guessing that? I'm assuming. Okay, that, that that's not a bad assumption. I just don't remember hearing that, so I was confused. Yeah. Well, she never. Yeah, she never actually said that she wanted Shamar out, except to Reno. Like she didn't say it in a confessional. But in her confessional, she was saying she was worried that they would vote her off because oh, she was okay. the weakest that one. Makes sense. So then I made the assumption that that's why she was going to them. That makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely interesting that, you know, we're talking about the fans' tribe so much more. I mean, 
I don't think it, I, you or I expected this. Even I was expecting, even when they lost immunity, that they just show a little clip right before tribal council about, who are we all voting off? Okay, we're good, good. But there's so much, their relationships between each other are so intricate at this point that they're really, I think they're doing a really good job of showing the fans. And uh, I don't know whether or not they're representing the favorites well, but I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying the fans. Yeah, well, I think one of the biggest complaints a lot of people have with returning players is that they hog all the airtime. So right. here you go. They did not hog the airtime this episode, that's for sure. Right. So we are getting to know the fans, except Julia. And, uh, yeah, I think it's good. And I think I think they have to show them more so we know them better because we already sort of know the, the favorites. So by right. the time... We do have a switch or a merge. We'll sort of know everyone. Well, and I think it also proves, you know, like you said, the uh, goal or the kind of complaint about returning players is that they don't get enough airtime. Well, maybe this season proves that the reason they don't get enough airtime is that the new players weren't good enough. They weren't giving them enough stuff. So maybe this season they're showing if you get if we get good play or new players who give us good stuff, we'll show them. Maybe. So. Well, I think it's time to move on to our DJ rules for the week. Yes, yes it is. And for this week, our DJ rules will be the the five rules for Hidden Immunity Idols. Alright, Hidden Immunity Idols are always an important part of the game, so there's, these should can be very uh, important rules that you need to follow. Right, and uh, also I think they'll be particularly apropos next week as we now have two Hidden Immunity Idols in play, with some arguably pretty big characters. So, yep. the first rule for a Hidden Immunity Idol, always look in the hole in a tree. Yeah, when you're trying to find one, the first place you should go to is a tree, and a tree that has a hole in it. Nine right. times out of ten, as we've seen in the past two, three seasons, it's there. Right, always. Yeah, I mean, that's where Reynolds found his, that's where Malcolm and Corinne found theirs. It seems pretty obvious that producers, uh, <laughs> maybe they're just lazy. Like, where can we put this without people seeing it? Oh, look, there's a hole in that tree there. Let's put it there. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, they used to bury it for a while, but uh, I think they wanted people more of a more of an opportunity for everybody to get a chance to find it, right? Rather than the person just who had a clue. Yeah. Well, now they don't even give clues, so. Right. Well, aren't are the clues still hidden? Because there was, I think it was season 23 where they said the clues are hidden as well. Yeah, I don't think so. I think yeah, they're I just hiding. Gordon Holmes' theory was that there was like 40 hidden, and then as soon as they find one, someone finds one, they just remove all the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, would you like to give us number two, David? Yeah, number two. Always make sure, with the Hidden Mutant Idol... That there is not a bulge in your pants. There is an exception to this rule. Unless you don't have the Hidden Immunity Idol. Like we saw with Rupert on Heroes vs. Villains. He purposely made a bulge. And then, voila, people thought he had the idol. Right. Well, Russell Hans, the the king of the idols. The man who could tell an idol from a mile away saw it. So, maybe it works. Yeah. Well, and then you had Laura discovering Reynolds' bulge, and, uh, yeah, just stay away from the bulges in your pants. Right. Rule number three, 
also called Survivor 101. Always bring it to tribal council. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what will change. However, I propose the following plan. Bring it to tribal council in your bag, not in your pocket. Hence, rule number two. Yes. Exactly. They, they go hand in hand here. They yeah. do. They do. Well, that, that's the great thing about the DJ rules is they're all encompassing. Yeah. And they work good. together in a nice intricate fashion because we really do spend a lot of time making these. Yeah, like at least five minutes. At least. Yeah. Sometimes ten. I don't know about ten, but... That's fair. That's fair. I think eight was our max. <laughs> all right. Number four. Make sure... It's not an effing stick, okay? We saw this in in the last Fans vs. Favorites. You need to make sure that your hidden immunity idol is an actual hidden immunity idol. There are several ways to tell this. One, if it's not in that burlap, not an idol. Number Number two, if it doesn't have a piece of paper that says this is the hidden immunity idol, probably not the hidden immunity idol. And number three... If it looks like an effing stick, it's not the hidden immunity idol. <laughs> effing sticks also uh, disguise themselves as coconut shells with orange paint that say HII. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I would not begrudge you if you were fooled by Bob's version of the effing stick. That, that's, that's acceptable. And the fifth rule for the hidden immunity idol uh, is inspired by last season. Don't show your hidden immunity idol just because everyone's doing it. We saw Abby do that, where Jeff Probst literally asked in a, I thought, a rather joking manner, anyone else want to show us a hidden immunity idol? Probably not a good time to show your hidden immunity idol. No, because no one really knew that she had it besides, you know, the few people that she told. Right. Um, yeah, definitely was not the smartest strategy on her part. Now, there are times to show your hidden immunity idol. How about Malcolm, probably? Have yeah. a good time. Yeah. If, uh, if Ronald probably did the right thing of showing the Hidden Immunity Idol this season. But I, uh, I but you don't just do it because everyone else is. Right. Well, if yeah. it works for Malcolm, it'll work for me. No, you are not Malcolm. <laughs> you are Abby. You probably need that Hidden Immunity Idol. Yeah. So there you have it. Our five DJ rules about Hidden Immunity Idols. Now you should not make dumb mistakes. Well, about Hidden Immunity Idols. Well, yes, about the hidden immunity idols. I mean, yes. and and we could try to say, you know, play it when you need to, but that's sort of subjective. How do you know when you need to play it? That's sort of your call. So don't blame us if you play it at the wrong time. Right. Also, I'd like to point out that um, we will be putting these DJ rules and a poll on our Facebook page. So make sure you vote for your favorite DJ rule. And uh, if you have anything to add, feel free to comment and tell us what rule we missed glaringly. And uh, maybe we can help add to the list. We can create a survivor handbook by the end of this season, I think. Sounds good. Well, I think we should talk to Richard Hatch. You know what, David? I think that's a great idea. All right. Well, then, let's do it. Okay. And we now have the one and only Richard Hatch on the podcast with us. How are you doing, Richard? I'm doing great. How are you doing, guys? Awesome. Great. Really excited to talk to you. So uh, let's just get into it. What were your thoughts uh, or first impressions of this season when you found out it was going to be another fans versus favorites? Were you excited for it? 
you know, I don't, I don't necessarily get excited for a fans versus favorites any more than I'm excited for the game itself. I just like Survivor. I like what it is. Uh, and I don't think too many people even realize what it is, but but I like it because it's a reflection of who we are. And I like that people get to look at uh, other people doing things and wondering whether they would do them or could do them. And uh, I think it causes us to be a little more introspective, which is a different perspective than most people have on reality TV. <laughs> so fans versus favorites doesn't do a lot for me. That's fine. It, it, it is what it is. We're always probably going to have one for as long as survivor lasts and they, and they, bring participants back from you know, seasons after the last survive, uh, fans versus favor. Yeah. So I guess we should probably start off with the fans. What, uh, I mean, let's just start off with the biggest fan there is. What are your thoughts on Shamar and the way that he's playing the game? I try not to have many thoughts about Shamar. <laughs> uh, I, 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 have, I, have, uh, I have two sides uh, of myself. Uh, from which a response is going to come. Um, on this compassionate, humanistic side, I feel for him. I, I don't think Shamar has the skills to understand the things he does to himself. And I, I wish he could get help. I think help is available for him. And I know that sounds very egotistical, but I'm coming from an psychological academic background I think he's uh, his insecurities about what how people perceive him are problematic in a way that's kind of unnecessary and 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 he could uh, he could feel a lot better if he if he got a little little bit of help um, on the flip side I cannot stand the man in this game <laughs> I, I think I think it's, it's 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 his impact is awful he He's disruptive and not playing the game. And I, I already have a lot of difficulty with how few people understand the, not the game enough to play it well, as you may have heard me say once or twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but he's just simply over the top with his inability to play and then his offensiveness, truly, truly offensiveness to, to, to the people around him. Yeah, so if you were in this scenario, would you vote him off? That's a toughie, believe it or not. You might think, oh, yeah, absolutely, but, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, you know, I'd need more detail, and I, and I try not to second-guess uh, what's going on among good players, uh, and, I, and it's too early for me to tell you what, what players are good. We have to see some gameplay to, to, to learn that, more gameplay. Yeah. But we can guess. And there are a few who appear to be doing what I perceive to be um, skillful gameplay. And that Sherry's one of them. Uh, she's not offending people with her uh, alliances, with her mm -hmm. engagement with, with, with others. She's, she, she talks about having control of Shamar, but she does it in a way that the other people aren't either hearing it when she says that or aren't offended when she describes who Shamar is to her. Yeah. And that's tactful and skillful in this game. Few, few people do that well. So, I don't know, Shamar, Shamar, Shamar just, Shamar oh, just uh, 
really is difficult to watch because he so takes away from the game of Survivor. It's it's uh, truly bothersome to me. Yeah, I I heard some other people talking about this too. It's not like he's not in the same fashion as sort of like this villain that you love to hate. It's more of someone that's just almost yeah annoying and disruptive, and you just want it to go away. Yeah, he's an he's an irritant, but. But beyond that, uh, I think there are some people who actually are fearful. He, he's, he's so aggressive with his um, demands that he is a bully, I mm-hmm. think. And I think it's appropriate for him to be there among people trying to engage in, uh, in this game. So let's, let's move on to someone else. What are your thoughts on, on Reynolds? Interesting fellow. Um, I don't know how well we would get along, he and I, uh, personally, uh, but that doesn't matter in the game. We'd, we'd, uh, we'd be okay. He is right, I think, if, if that's what you want to hear, my opinion, uh, about how he feels about Shamar, but he is uh, a poor game player based on how he's chosen to uh, express himself. I think mm-hmm. too many people know too much about how strongly he feels and he's too, too in the spotlight, too, too in charge uh, of meaninglessness really. Yeah. Still, but it just seems uh, as if he's unable to not be in charge. You know, he's a very, very good looking guy who's probably used to um, the spotlight and, and unfortunately, it's not a good place to be in this game. So you already kind of mentioned Sherry. You thought she was playing the game really well. Do you want to elaborate on what she's doing well and how she can improve? Well, don't. do you agree or not? I, I absolutely agree. I think she's, <laughs> she's in the best spot to win right now, I would say. Out of the fans, yeah. Well, yeah. Which is a tough thing to say, you know, to, to say she's in the best spot to win right now. You know, it's episode three. It's too <laughs> early, and I, and I try never to talk about you know, who I think is going to win until there's some reason to do so. And I, I really don't think there is yet. I, I, I think you're right. I think she has the characteristics that could enable her to become somebody who, who I might think could win. But gosh, so many things happen in Survivor. And a big part of the game is the dynamic with the, the wearing people down thing. And so no matter how well some folks start out, they're just, you know, beaten to a pulp by the environment, by their own mental stress, by by the relationship dynamics, and 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 lose sight often, very very quickly, of what they're there to do. So hopefully that won't happen to her, but who knows? Maybe it will, and it'd be interesting to watch. So, but right now I think she's she's expressing herself in a way in front of the other players that is characteristic of someone who knows what they're doing. And has the capacity to to, to, to to win if she continues to play that well. Which, right. Earlier in the podcast, I even compared her a little bit to Denise just because of her ability to connect with people. So, oh, I, I love some Denise. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Denise. I think Denise is just uh, a, a, a you know just a, a terrific human being who played really well and in the face of some really challenging. Uh, dynamics. I mean, people were really on her in a way that was interesting, and she she maintained herself beautifully. I, you know, Sherry has yet to be tested that way. But I see what you're saying. I see, 
I see how she could bloom into someone I might uh, respect similarly. What were what are your thoughts on Laura? We saw she was emerging more this this episode, and she sort of had that uh, strategy of going to the other people and telling them, "Yeah, we're we're gonna vote out Shamar, probably so they wouldn't put the votes on her." Uh, what are your thoughts on Laura? Um, I don't. There are a few people that haven't really stuck in my mind too much yet, and. And it's because in looking for skillful players, I haven't seen enough of the characteristics in them. She's, she's kind of one of those. Uh, what I see in her face when I watch her play is a, a, a little more fear than I think is helpful <laughs> in, in, in this kind of a game. A little, little more helplessness, a little less control of both herself and her uh, uh, position. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what to make of her. She, certainly, if if some of that is intentional, I would be the first to praise her because it's a it's a good persona to have if if it's a particularly chosen one and you're in control of it. I, I don't get the sense that that's the case. Yeah, I mean, we definitely saw some fear after the challenge. She's like, "Oh, I'm the weakest one. What if they vote me out?" Sort of a thing definitely seemed, you know, very weary. Yeah. And what I'm, what I'm talking about uh, typically isn't, I mean, she did talk about that to the viewers directly to the camera, which is yeah. a wonderful aspect of Survivor. But I'm also talking about having seen it in gameplay in, amidst the other contestants. And mm-hmm. that's where it's dangerous. So, and I didn't get the sense that it was intentional or controlled there. And that's, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, so the last kind of fans that we really wanted to talk about were Michael and Matt kind of together since they're in a, a bit of an alliance. Uh, how do you feel about them, and do you think that they chose correctly when they went with the not the Cool Kids Alliance? Ah, uh, chose. There's there's an interesting word. Do you think they chose? <laughs> um, the Cool Kids Alliance is just, oh, I don't even know what the word to make of that is. It, it's just kind of there and it's and it's too bad it's so blatant and so obvious and so uh, um, uh, inconsiderate of the impact of doing of creating it has on the other the other people the the idea that matt and michael are kind of together i think is a result of well who else would be to be together with <laughs> i don't i don't get the sense of a lot of intentional planned strategic look you have these skills i have these skills here we go even if we get separated let's do this that and the other thing they may have had these conversations these 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 things may have been part of their their uh reasoning for for joining forces we won't know for some time yet Uh, i just don't get that sense yet and i and i don't know enough about frankly either matt or michael um to have strong opinions at this point well, let's uh, move over then to the these favorite tribes. Uh, the How favorite tribe. Possibly leave out that cute little button of a guy, Eddie. Okay, <laughs> <let's move. laughs> we can talk about Eddie. What What are no, your thoughts on Eddie? He's, he's just so damn cute. I think. <laughs> we haven't seen a lot of his gameplay though. It like like they mentioned at Tribal Council or Shamar said he's sort of just been tagging around with Reynolds, and Reynolds been the spotlight as you mentioned. 
you're 100% right, and I, I didn't even care about his gameplay. I was only kind of joking because he is just so cute, and that's all I cared about. <laughs> okay. He didn't, he didn't really make, you know, he's not really making an impact. He's not going to be there long. You know, there's not a lot of reasons to talk about him, so I figured we might as well while he was eye candy to me. If, if no <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brandon Hans and the craziness that, that he's sort of insane in his confessionals? You know, he doesn't even need the confessional. He walks around and you just get the sense of, oh, crap, oh, crap, what's going to happen on the next step and the next step? And really, what's really going on in there? You know, you, you already know he's, that brain is miswired in incalculable in ways. I mean, you, you just, you've seen it before. You, 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 you don't know what the hell is going to drive what he decides to do. And, uh, and and for me, I, you just you just wait to see who says the wrong thing and how he concludes kind of crazily something and gets you know all out of whack. Uh, you know they played up the peeing in the oh, I'm going to pee in the rice or I'll burn <laughs> the thing down if I if I learn something. But we'll see how he plays. I I was hoping this season he might change. Uh, <laughs> he might have matured out of his you know I mean almost. I don't even know if it's almost. I mean, his, it, was, it was lunacy the way he, he played his last Survivor. So uh, we'll see what happens with him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, going from one crazy person to another, how do you feel about Philip? Yeah, there's really not too much to say there either. I mean, it, it's uh, it's one of those things that it, it, it's almost kind of a waste of time to put energy into it because the craziness is so... Uh, apparent and the reliability factor so low that 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 there is really no chance of him being in any kind of alliance in which he is perceived as valuable <laughs> by anybody else, no matter how crazy the other people are. So, you know, he can't be there in any serious way to the end anyway. You know, even if he makes it, it's because he's a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's I, you know, I, who knows what's going on with him, but it's, uh, I don't think he knows either. Well, do you think there's a, the difference between Brandon and Philip? Because it almost seems to me like Philip is trying to play more up to the camera and the audience, where Brandon just seems more mentally unstable. Wow, and I would say the opposite. Really? Yeah, my sense is that Philip is less in control of himself, and and almost, you know, I don't get the sense that he's playing up to the camera. I get the sense that he's kind of uh, playing up to the cameraman, and kind of not <laughs> even aware that the camera's there sometimes, and, and like thinking he's humorous when he's, anything but and and uh i don't know uh, you know i could be off i need more time to think about it or or to pay it closer attention but i i really don't get the sense of considered intention in philip that i that i would want from somebody that was kind of present in a mm -hmm. sane way yeah and and um with brandon i think yeah, he's miswired and he gets all angsty, but I, I get the, the sense that that's from his youthfulness, from his immaturity, and he's crazy kind of in a in an angstful way that like I, you know, ur, 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 I've got to do something, and mm -hmm. meanwhile he's he's actually trying to do something, 
you know, he's desperate to kind of be uh, a good player and, and, and do well in the game. Um, so, so I get the sense that there's actually more potential for rationality in Brandon than, than, than there seems to me to be in Philip. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about Andrea then. We saw her sort of um, targeting Corinne and sort of talking to other people. How do you think uh, of Andrea so far in this game? Uh, now here's here's here we go again with the you know uh, Andrea and Laura I confuse I think sometimes what what happens to me is we're so early in the game that I don't lock in who the people are and, and their personalities and think much about them until we're closer to the merge mm-hmm. um, so I don't I don't really have any strong thoughts about Andrea I, I don't even recall um, much of what I saw. Yeah, well, Andrea was very weary of Corinne and Malcolm being close, and then she was going up to to Philip and to Brandon and to Cochran, saying, "Hey, maybe we should kick uh, Corinne out of the alliance and bring Brandon in." Yeah, okay, and and I guess in her approach, I sensed a little fearfulness too. I don't know why. I think, unless I'm confusing her with Laura again, I <laughs> I, I, I don't. There's just not a lot of. I don't know what it is. There's just not a lot of, of strength in gameplay that, that 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 has stuck out with me so far. I don't. I just don't really recall her much. Yet. Yeah. So what about Curran and Malcolm? They found the idol together. It looks like they're kind of making an inter alliance within their alliance. Do you think that's going to work out for them? Uh, you know, I don't make those kind of predictions. Who knows whether <laughs> it'll work out or not? But I I know enough about Malcolm's gameplay and his determination. That he's uh, someone to, to, that, that, that these people are going to have to contend with. He, he's got some skill. He's focused. He's he he knows what he's doing in in playing the game. So uh, I think Corinne has some of that too. Some awareness. Some some careful, um, calculated approach to the game that that you know combined with Malcolm, they they could do well. Uh, unfortunately, I think they both have already exposed their uh, comfort with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think other people already know that they kind of like each other, uh, that they're comfortable talking, and and so that's that's a uh, a vulnerability that that they have, and and could be really problematic. These are the kinds of things you've got to be. You know, you can't avoid them 100%, but you've got to be really, really careful about how you're perceived by other players. And I don't see a lot of uh, that happening. I don't see many people really being incredibly careful about how they're perceived by others. What about the the other pair on the favorites, Don and Cochran? What are your thoughts on them? Uh, well, if there is somebody I think is careful about how he's perceived by other players, it's Cochran. So I, I think he is intentionally being who he is, in sunburnt, dying without being a whiny bitch, um, <laughs> you know, trying not to be a burden while 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 really, uh, you know, hurting in the beginning. And and I know he he has a, a sense of how to play the game too. So uh, I, I see Dawn as being careful. I don't sense she's the kind of uh, risk taker maybe that that's necessary to get far but I don't know you know 
she 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 may have learned in the last show and and maybe she can uh make some moves that that are impressive we'll have to wait and see yeah and uh is there any other character or i'm sorry any other people who stand out to you that we haven't mentioned yet yeah any other character like a scripted show uh, no, not necessarily. You know, I'll be interested to watch Julia uh, and, and see how she uh, moves. She, she has some characteristics that are, that are interesting, and, and we'll see what happens there. You know, it really is about how the game plays out, I think, and, and there's so much we just don't know, and how you're perceived while you're in a challenge and what happens, and, as you guys know. Uh, from just your your first impressions of these things, if the, a swap were to occur, which s- s- the tribe do you think would stay intact more? Uh, I don't think it matters, frankly. I don't think it's about tribes as much as people tend to perceive it to be. I think there are some bonds among some tribe members that... Uh, that, 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 that form when they're first in these early stages. But even though it's a matter of weeks, it, it, it's hard to describe what dynamics take place when you're really out there all day long, all night long, without anything, and you're, and, and you're interacting with people. So when shifts happen, shifts in relationships really happen too. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't ever even remember tribe names because I don't think that plays much, if anything, into the bonds that really matter by the time you get to the end. Mm-hmm. So, so is there anything you think that Hope could have done to uh, not get voted out last night? Yeah, she could have played Survivor well. <laughs> she, she, she and, uh, and uh, uh, who's the other girl that went first, Allie? Allie, yeah. Yeah, she and Allie, uh, you know, are just you know useless. They they were they were people who enjoyed the game so much that they forgot to play it when they got there. Um, it's you're not playing the game by joining that foursome. You know, that's just that's just silliness. I mean, to step to set yourself up. And even though you know there are hundreds and hundreds of hours, and we don't see it all, so you can't ever judge people completely. And it's not about the people, it's about their gameplay for me. But what, what we did see is that they were spending uh, enough time that there was quite a bit of footage that we were able to see of them as a foursome standing there just enjoying how comfortable they are with one another. Can you be more stupid in the game <laughs> of Survivor? I don't think so. Um, you're not in a power position. If, if, if it were down to a... To, to numbers where only four people could actually have some control, then it wouldn't matter if you were doing that. But to do that right in the beginning, from the get-go, when there when four people can't take control of a vote, is just outrageously stupid 26 seasons into the game. So I don't care if it's Allie or whoever, who, uh, Hope, that, that went. They, they meant nothing to me because they were already set up to be gone, mm-hmm. just like Reynolds and Eddie. You know, they, those four people chose not to play Survivor. 
So uh, there's a lot of talk in the, the Survivor ca- uh, community about which season is better and, and all this debate. But my question is to you, what makes a season enjoyable to you? Uh, I think it's different for, for each person. But for me, personally, it's uh, the game play. So I don't see, I have not seen over the years, a lot of really good, skillful gameplay. The game of Survivor is a fascinating game because it's about who we are as humans. And when you see, when I see someone who understands who we are, and 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 is considering the nonverbal impact they have on people, and the the impact those people have on other people, and contemplating what it means to to make. Uh, certain moves or to say certain things and 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 to make certain choices i enjoy that i enjoy thinking about what that says about who we are and how how people are impacted when we influence them um those things are enjoyable to me i just as a people watcher so good effective game players is what i like to see and it's a rare thing mm-hmm. does it do the, any uh people or seasons stand out to you that that you did really enjoy watching? Well, whether they did or not, it won't be something I'm going to talk about because there are hopes that there'll be a season where really effective players are playing against and with one another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have to take that for what it's worth. Okay. Well, let's move on. We're going to play a game, if you're up for it, called Would You Rather? Sure. All right. So, here we go. Question number one. Would you rather go to the moon or discover Atlantis? Atlantis. I'm a scuba instructor. All right. Would you rather play Big Brother or The Amazing Race? Amazing Race, hands down. Why? Oh, I love it. I think it's one of the best shows on television, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a person who enjoys our world. I love traveling. I love meeting uh, people. I love experiencing people in their own um, cultures and environments. So, I mean, The Amazing Race is just good stuff from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be able to fly or read minds? Read minds, hands down. <laughs> All right. Would you rather vacation in Borneo or Panama? Ah, good one. Hmm. It's a tie. Uh, I like them both for different reasons, and there's much more of both of them that I have left to explore. Would you rather see Dog Eat Dog or The Weakest Link come back to television? Uh, Weakest Link. (laughs) With me as the host. There you go. Oh, that'd be fun. (laughs) They, uh, before they... Before they chose that the British woman, they considered me, sent me to London, and uh, we tested. And 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 I I damn well think I could have done it, but we had no practice whatsoever, and I had a British um, audience, so mm. so the connection wasn't as strong as it was with with her, who had she'd been doing it uh, before. But anyway, yeah. I would I I would love to to do that. Just throw zingers at people. <laughs> yeah. I would have had a little bit of a different style than she did. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I think that's part of why I do well on Survivor, because it's not about belittling people or something else. But I think I've got, um, in the moment like that, I can be humorous and people understand where I'm coming from. She, her persona was just, uh, you know, a calculated bitch. Who yeah. Wanted to, you know, <laughs> I, we, I would be a little bit different, I think. Yeah. 
All right. Would you rather go back on Survivor playing with all winners or only having the two returning player strategy? Rather, would I rather? You know, it was problematic, as you saw on All Stars, for mm-hmm. there to only be a couple of winners and then they vote them all off. But, you know, the, there are different reasons to have only two people who've played before come back. I mean, and those, those have been interesting when they've done them. I don't think their choices were were you know, necessarily surprising or the outcomes, you know, to, to wonder whether I or Rob would beat Russell Hans is kind of silly. I mean, that seems like kind of a waste. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you pick someone who knew how to play the game, I think that that kind of uh, pairing would be would be interesting. On the other side, you know, all winners might be interesting, too. But again, I, I'm I'm. Uh, pushing and and thinking that rather than all winners, all effective players mm-hmm. would be a really interesting season. Yeah. Would you rather get stuck in a broken elevator or stuck on a broken ski lift? Ski lift. I'm an outdoors guy. <laughs> all right. Who would you say is the better survivor game player, Johnny Fairplay or Russell Hams? Oh dear God, Johnny by a zillion. <laughs> You know, Russell just doesn't even understand the game. He's played it how many times, and he doesn't understand what the point is. Yeah. He's probably not good by any means at what you've been talking about, this intentional intentional how other people perceive you. None. No, I don't think he's even got that. I'm not sure he even understands what it is or cares. (laughs) All right. uh, Who would you rather be playing Survivor against, Sue Hawk or Shamar? Oh, wow. I wouldn't even dare to think about that. Neither. <laughs> Neither of them know how to play or what the game is. So, I mean, it's just, it's just not, uh, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a game. All right. Uh, and final one, which was Sean's better invention, the Super Bowl 2000 or the bowling alley? Oh, the Super Bowl 2000, because it got people in the water. I'm a water guy. <laughs> Did he actually complete the bowling alley? Uh, no idea what the hell was happening in his head or <laughs> the alley. Okay. So would you say that the alphabet strategy is effective gameplay? I think the most effective gameplay, and I'd like to see everyone use it while I'm playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you so much for coming out and talking with us about Survivor. Is there anything that you want to plug or promote before we say goodbye to you? Oh, no, I'm good. I've got lots of things going on. I'm a happy guy. We'll see what happens. Uh, now, you are uh, going uh, to be a part of Reality Rally coming up? I am indeed. Now, there's something that people should get behind. Uh, Reality Rally Reality Rally in Temecula, April 5th through 7th. It's uh, uh, one of those things, and I do a lot of these things during the year, though, that is uh, a really worthwhile cause this is for michelle's place a breast cancer research uh, not research center uh, uh breast cancer support center for, for for women with breast cancer and so all the money everything that's raised goes directly to michelle's place and uh the entire town comes out temecula the the entire town participates in the event it's all set up for it it's one of the most fun and most worthwhile events we do uh all year long really really good good opportunity for people to come out and have a great time hang out with with hundreds of folks from reality television and to really make a difference 
Yeah, definitely. We've had uh, Jillian on the podcast before, and she's just uh, really does an amazing job with that event. Yeah, she's the woman. She founded it. She's, you know, somebody who was so determined to to make a difference, and she's done so. And every year, it just gets better and better and better. So, yeah, thank you so much again, uh, Richard, for coming on and talking to us. Uh, Be sure to to support Reality Rally in any way you can, and you can even go there and meet Richard Hatch uh, (laughs) if you want to. So thank you so much, Richard. It's been such uh, a pleasure hearing your thoughts on on the the game so far of Survivor Caramoan, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again sometime. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thank you, Richard. Yep. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, there it is, the one and only Richard Hatch. Uh, so great of him to come and talk to us, and uh, very entertaining. Yeah, uh, obviously a big deal for anyone who's a who's a true Survivor fan, and I had a great time talking to him. Yeah, and <laughs> just like Adam mentioned last week, and Richard Hatch talked about today, uh, be sure to support Reality Rally in any way you can. It is a great charity uh, and, a, and a great event. Lots of fun. Right. So, is there anything else uh, you can think of? Oh, wait. I thought of something. Um, you thought of something. I did. Next week, we will be talking with Marcus from Survivor Gabon to hear his thoughts on Survivor and how Corinne's doing. She's looking a little in trouble. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be interesting to talk, to talk to him and see what he thinks of how Corinne's playing. Right. I mean, uh, Marcus uh, obviously had a, a pretty good relationship with Corinne, so hopefully he'll be able to give us some insight into maybe what's going through her mind. Yeah. So stay tuned for that next week, but be sure to check us out on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook at David and Jeff Survivor Podcast, and make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes at David and Jeff Survivor Podcast, and... Uh, You'll get the podcast every week automatically. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye.